0: Roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
1: Alrighty, football fans, we are well into one of the wildest off-seasons in recent, if not long-term memory in Patriots Nation. And that's why your old pals Fitzy and Hart are here on the Six Rings and Football Things broadcast. Pat's pals and Foxborough friends, we welcome you to the latest and always greatest edition of your favorite Foxborough Football Forum. Six Rings and Football Things brought to you by Weei Odyssey, and 2400 Sports. On today's show, catching up at the tail end of a very super and altogether wild card of a weekend, we will discuss the latest and try to make something resembling sense of everything that's gone on in Foxborough over the past week as chaos reigns supreme at Castle Craft. Coaches coming in, coordinators being interviewed, slurs, innuendos, allegations, rumors. Oh my! Bill Belichick is off talking to other people about positions, but could his kids stick around for the next iteration of the Patriots party? We will see. We got two quick legs for you today. We'll try to make some sense of everything that happened to Belichick. What's going on with Mayo, who will be introduced tomorrow, Wednesday at high noon at one formerly Tom Brady and Bill Belichick place. And then we'll catch up on the wild card weekend. What we think is coming our way for divisional weekend. Where will Bill Belichick end up? Will he bother taking Matt Patricia with him? And so much more. All right, Andy, let's just, uh, all right, where the hell are we right now? Like it's, it feels like, it feels like there was just absolute chaos for a couple of days. And then there was football on television all weekend long. And now things are sort of starting to settle down yet. At the same time, there's uh there's still a lot leaking out of Gillette and the new England Patriots that makes you think that while, uh, calm, um, and stability are will be preached to us, um, there's a little bit more than meets the eye. Oh, I think we are years from
2: calm and stability. I think we are trying to you know bottom out first before we start the rebound. Mm-hmm. Um, I was actually texting back and forth with somebody in the organization yesterday, and they certainly um, supported that opinion that there is a lot of, you know what, hitting the fan and kind of being figured out and once it splatters on the wall, then trying to wipe it off the wall and clean the wall, maybe repaint the wall after it hits the wall.
1: I say um, you just burn the room down and make and find it, make a new room.
2: And I I think that's just so remarkable for us to think about address like the most stable organization in all of sports for the last two decades or the bulk of the last two decades mm-hmm. is now really trying to figure out where it is, how it gets back to a high level, what path are there going to be multiple paths? And, you know, Gerard Mayo, we have these reports of him bringing scouts into meeting rooms to sort of uh, remove the siloed thinking within the organization, I think is how it was was portrayed. Mm -hmm. Um, But we also just have Gerard Mayo interviewing coaches. We have Gerard Mayo potentially keeping some coaches. You know, there was a report from Burt Breer that there was going to be like a wide ranging hunt for an offensive coordinator, but that, Bill O'Brien could get the job and it's like, well, he's already in the job. So are we firing him? Is he interviewing for a job he already has while he has it to maybe
1: keep it? And like, do we tell him like, Hey, I, I'm right here in the room. Yeah. If you could do me a favor and just walk out of the room and walk back in right, so right. as to make it seem like you're actually interviewing. Yeah, but I'm right here. If I could just let's, we, we, we talked all year long. I know, I know, but if you could just go wait out there and then I'll have Diane come bring you, I mean, it's not all right. So here's what we know right now. Gerard Mayo. Yes. He is your, he is the new head coach of the new England Patriots. He is the, the franchise's first African-American head coach. He is now the youngest head coach in the NFL, certainly in franchise history as well at the tender age of 37. Uh, Both of us are almost old enough to be his dad. Yes. I brought some research to the table that I want to throw out there just to, you did research for this podcast.
2: Well, I did it for something I wrote, so now I can use it on the podcast. Um, Double dipping multitasking double
1: dipping good job good job
2: um it's like when you get the long chicken finger and you dip one end in bite it flip it around dip the other end it's not
1: technically double dipping no even though it is fresh end it's a fresh end okay and here on six rings we are all about fresh ends
2: we're about fresh ends we love burnt ends fresh ends and
1: and Um, Um, happy ends
2: so you as you mentioned 15th head coach in the history of the patriots so I went back and I just wanted to look at all the head coaches, what their first year looked like, how the transitional process went, things of that nature. So I removed the four head coaches who were interim head coaches the prior season, because mm-hmm. I think that's different. You had half a year to kind of get your feet under you. You kind of transition the process, maybe keep it, whatever, because one, two, three of those guys had winning records in their first year as head coach once they dropped the interim tag. But okay. that's kind of relevant to this situation because bill belichick did not have an interim coach you know what i mean gerard mail taken over from scratch transition okay so of all the other coaches there's nine of them that were just Mm -hmm. first year head coaches straight up just a first year head coach one had a winning record his name was
1: pete carroll
2: peter carroll officially Um, 10 and
1: 6 his first year uh 1997 correct
2: coming off a super bowl team Went ten and six when Bill Parcells left. All the other eight had losing records. Mm-hmm. Averaged four point five wins per season.
1: That's uh, well. That's that's a very comfortable area for us right yep. now because it's at least familiar.
2: And only Dick McPherson, who everybody loves to say, like, "Oh, great guy, terrible coach." Mm-hmm. Only Dick McPherson reached six wins. Everybody else it's was intent. five wins or fewer. So, well, the um, Rod
1: Russ of the world kind of queer that because one and fifteen will do that to you.
2: Well, not really because Belichick 5 and 11, Parcells yep. 5 and 11, McPherson 6 and 10, Rust 1 and 15, Ron Meyer 5 and 4, Fairbanks 5 and 9, Rush 4 and 10, Sabin 5 and 9. You basically win four or five games in your first year as a New England Oh, and conveniently, they're coming off a four win season. So, uh, nowhere to go but up uh, or, or stay the same or try to tread water and at least stay the same. So, our friends, um, from FanDuel, when you get the uh, over-unders for win totals for next year, I'd like to get a look at those because mm-hmm. if you set something north of, let's just say, five, five and a half, four and a half, six, six and a half, any of those things, I will be leaning toward the under, and certainly if you go any higher, but I don't know why you go any higher. So just on the challenge that Gerard Mayo faces is I think some people, including, strangely, our afternoon show host, Adam Jones, who's like, yeah, you can turn things around in a hurry. You can go from worst to first in the NFL, blah, blah, blah. I think that's an unfair expectation for Gerard Mayo. He should be expected to win like five games.
1: It is. However, you can look to a North star, which coincidentally enough, the stars are bright deep at night in the heart of Texas. So you'd have to actually look South to look for your North star here. That being the Houston Texans, not to say that all of a sudden you're going to find a team that's going to um, massage an awkward situation for you and give you a Herschel Walker-esque haul for your creepo quarterback. Uh, The Patriots have a pretty good standing in the upcoming draft as well as a lot of free agent money to spend and perhaps maybe some of the dysfunction that has been jettisoned or at least so we're told or led to believe that some of the dysfunction has been jettisoned, although it sounds like there's still plenty of fresh dysfunction. It's kind of like I always say, whenever you find a termite, if you find a cockroach, if you find a spot of mold, that's not the only up. spot of mold, cockroach, or termite. There's always more. Call you a best professional. be professional. Care- yeah, call a professional, exactly. Don't just try to do it yourself. <clears throat> Nota bene, Mr. Kraft and family. Call professionals. Don't just try to do it yourself. And that is going to be a common theme on this podcast, on the off-season, whenever we're on the airwaves, and I think this entire off-season long, into free agency and the draft. Don't just try to do it yourself. If there's an issue, call a professional. Um. So you could look to somebody like the Texans and say, well, geez, whiz, they were awful. And everyone predicted them to have the worst record in the AFC and definitely finished last in the AFC South. Now they've gone to the playoffs. They had a winning record. They have a quarterback. They have a young head coach who's defensive minded, has that team pointed in the right direction. And oh, by the way, they just absolutely kicked the crap out of the hottest team headed into the playoffs last weekend in stunning fashion. And now people don't give them any chance in divisional weekend against the Ravens. But at the same time, I'm not counting them out. That's a fun team to watch right now. I think that is a heavy set of expectations to put on the shoulders of Mayo, insert name of new quarterback, and whoever else will be on the 2024 Patriots. But I can see where some may try to draw the comp.
2: Yeah, just like when people tried to compare Mac Jones to Joe Burrow. Stupid comp. Um, Do the Patriots have two picks in the top three? Are they going to get that? Yeah. Are they going
1: to get a quarterback and a and an edge rusher just like that? Are they now? Some they, now. Some are going to say, "Oh, well, it's uh they didn't have Judon and Gonzalez all last year, so those are going to be like draft picks." No, they're just yeah. going to be returning Not players. Like could draft play. picks. Get the yeah. f out of here. <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: and and I would also argue the Texans had Nick Casario in
1: place for four years. No. Yep. I think and they shed themselves of Easterby, which was also one of the best moves they made. The Patriots have somebody making decisions
2: or lots of people making decisions or that's what
1: and that's what again don't just try to do it yourself call a professional i don't care if it's john sewer roto rooter i bring some buddies in we get pizza beer and i got buddies look there's as good a chance that if you me Shime, and keith sit in a room and we do pizza pizza and beer buddies and we run the draft it may go as well as everyone else that that it could now be this bizarre behind the scenes non-gm consortium of draft selection and player analysis. that's going on with the Patriots, right? It's a, it's, I, this makes no sense to me. The way I've boiled it down, Andy, the way I've tried to explain it to friends that keep asking, like, why? So why did they get rid of Belichick? Like, why now? Like someone else is going to snap him up immediately. He can still obviously coach this. The Patriots were so, if I'm reading all the reports correctly and everything you and I hear from people in the organization, people with connections to people and people and more people from Patriots, etc., It sounds like, the New England Patriots were so ready to get rid of Bill Belichick, the GM, Bill Belichick, the personnel guy, that they were willing to rid themselves of Bill Belichick and the coach, Bill Belichick, the coach, as collateral damage in the process. That's really what it seems like yeah. to me. They wanted Bill, the personnel guy, out so badly for the last 10 years of drafts, um, what they believed to be roster mismanagement, bad picks, et cetera, that they were willing to say, okay, Bill, the coach, you are the price we have to pay for it
2: yeah no i think that's accurate and but i also think the crafts are hesitant to tear down the so-called and this is just a loose phrase the patriot way like i think they are really afraid to rip it up and just start afresh because then
1: they're the patriot way then it has nothing to do with tom
2: brady or bill belichick this is so weird uh it is very weird i don't think it's going to work now we may be um presuming and assuming some things that aren't true they're Maybe they just elevate Elliot Wolf to a final say position. The name I keep hearing is Elliot Wolf. I feel like yep. he's at worst a key figure, at best the GM or whatever you want to call him. He he ascends to the final say of someone not named Kraft level. But if it really is uh, Matt Groh, Elliot Wolf, uh, whoever they else they keep throwing in there that could like no too many cooks mm-hmm. in the kitchen. Now I know Gerard Mayo definitively according to Tom Curran, does not want personnel say, is not trying to oversee the football operation. Um, That was a report from NBC Sports Boston over the weekend. So I think that's good um, because I don't think Gerard is ready for that. If he thought he was, he should sit down and talk to Josh McDaniels and the poop show that – folded in Denver when Josh arrived, not expecting to run the personnel. And then he and like fellow 30 year old Brian Zanders were running the personnel department and ran it right into the ground because Ooh. they just weren't ready, weren't prepared, weren't experienced enough to do it. So I don't hate Elliot Wolf, the idea, but I hate the idea of not having a name. We need a name. Even if there is a more collaborative approach, if it's not Belichickian and dictatorial, mm-hmm. if it, if it's more open-minded and, What does Gerard keep saying? Diversity of thought and psychological comfort in sharing ideas and all of that. But I need a name. Gerard Mayo over here. And I need a name over here. Elliot Wolf. I don't care. Matt Groh. Do I want Matt Groh? No, I don't want Matt Groh. Matt Groh has been sullied by Taequann Thornton and Pierre Strong and some of the things that are tied to him fairly or unfairly. Um, But I need a name. I want somebody that I feel like is in control. And I think people in the building need a name. I don't they think just want someone to look to. They just yeah. want some, like if you, you don't know, know who your boss is,
1: then you don't have a boss. Are you talking about Arc? Our... Talking about them? Oh, oh, oh. Okay, sorry. Focus. I wasn't sure what you were... Focus. Again, sorry. I know I'm such an emotionally bankrupt person that I. Uh... It's just sorry. emotionally. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Andy and I are writing a book about the Patriots. Uh, it begins in chapter eleven. So uh, come on, on, if we don't laugh about it, first of all, you know, my rule, it's never too soon. And second of all, laughter is the best medicine. True. That said, Andy, I, I couldn't agree with you more in that you're just coming out of this decades long or rather, excuse me, for the longest time when the Patriots had success. Crazy thing is we knew who the defensive coordinator was. We knew it was Romeo Cornell or Charlie Weiss or it was Josh McDaniels or it was. Uh, uh, what's his name, who went down to, who went to Baltimore, Dean Pease, or it was uh, oh, yeah. Matt yeah. Patricia, or it was Brian Floor. Like when you named, like the all these successful seasons had somebody that you looked to who was that person at the top. And Gerard Mayo probably would like to be able to discuss these matters with and have a say in it. But also I'm going to hire other people that I respect as professionals to do their particular jobs that I can consult with and trust. You know, you can't just have, you can't just, you know, have like a chancellor or a principal or someone to head up the school. And then what do you have? I have a bunch of educators. Do you have a science teacher? Do you have a math teacher? No, there's, we have a bunch of good you know, teachers, just, a good teacher. Exactly. Just like Bill Belichick thought, you know, a, a good football coach can coach. We just saw this. We just saw the whole Patricia debacle with going from offense or defense to offense. And now he went from offense to defense in Philadelphia. We should try special praise.
2: Maybe he's good Maybe at that. He,
1: you know, it wasn't good at offensive line. Wasn't good at defense. Wasn't good at offense. Honest to God, you reap what you sow sometimes. Is a bad coach the... a bad coach is the inverse of Bill's just, theory. What, also is, what is wrong with just saying, okay, here is our general manager. He will oversee all personnel management, roster acquisitions, draft, and more. Great. He'll have other people he works with. He'll consult with the head coach. Not naming a GM till after the draft. I feel like any, like at first there was the, the seismic eruption of, Belichick being gone and then it was Mayo. And then people like you took the poll on Twitter and it was off discussed And we had so many calls on the radio over the weekend, like really Mayo. But then I felt things settling down just a little bit because a lot of players spoke up on behalf of, and in favor of Gerard Mayo, both former players, current players. And I don't think they were just doing the laundry for the organization and things started to feel like they settled down. And then came the stories out of the building of, well, they may not hire a general manager till after the draft. Well, they may not name official positions. Well, actually, uh, Josh McDaniels may just come run the offense again. Actually, it may be Bill O'Brien. Who knows? Maybe we'll just keep the bell checks. Maybe we'll. Uh, and, but uh, most especially that whole GM thing and thinking that people in ownership, people that ownership has known for a long time, could be the ones that are running the personnel show in this arguably the most pivotal off season for the franchise in decades. I'm sorry that that's enough to give you night sweats. I, I just, I'm, I feel, I think it's weird. And I, I can't stress enough how much I think it would provide comfort for people inside the building, as well as the fans that hopefully will return, drink the beers, eat the sausages outside, then come sit in the seats and pay a lot of money to watch the football team provide a competent pro uh, product for the fans. Again, I they just, what the hell, dude? Why so, would you not have a GM?
2: Well, and also, I don't care about GM. People seem to fixate on, oh, Robert's never had a GM. I don't care what the title is, as long as there's a head that people know is the boss of that side of the operation. Right. Call it right. football operations, president something, VP. I, I don't care. Like Bobby Greer was here and Bobby Greer headed the personnel department. Then Bill Belichick took over. Bill Belichick's been here. I need somebody to take over. I also need to clean up. I think actually Curran reported that Jonathan didn't want head of football operations power. Um, And I know people, that's been like a fixation on Twitter and sports talk radio. Jonathan's ruining everything. Jonathan doing this Jonathan's trying to turn it into the Cowboys. To which I say, you mean one of the most talented rosters in football? God forbid Jonathan want to turn it into one of the most talented rosters in football. I don't know if he's capable, but I can Mm. tell you, Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones, their problem in Dallas is not
1: talent. No, 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 no. They have a terrific roster that has talent and depth at almost every position that the Patriots currently lack talent and depth. And yes, I agree. Jonathan, Jonathan Kraft, if anyone, after the last six days, if you had to like, we're not here to vilify or like point the finger of blame at anyone. There are so many parties that had involvement and culpability that led to where we are, the dismissal of Belichick and beyond. Jonathan Kraft didn't exactly. Hopefully he doesn't check Twitter much because or Twix, as we call it now, because he didn't exactly have the best week on there. And a lot of Pats fans are singling out he as their uh, target of frustration right now. But I in terms understand. of
2: what <clears throat> I don't really understand, like, how did that happen? Um, is it just low hanging fruit? Is it a personal thing? Here's stories because I've found myself in a weird spot where I'm kind of defending him in that. And I said this to you mm-hmm. on the you radio, yes, my dad. I'm going to come back at you like and I think he felt at times Bill Belichick was disrespectful to his father, who, as Bill O'Brien told us when he was talking about the hierarchy of the Patriots organization, Kraft, Belichick, the rest of us. Mm -hmm. And I think there is that there were times I think where Bill may have, um, in his own mind, blurred the lines between the Kraft level and the Belichick level, like I'm the most important person in this building and so Jonathan, I think, has a lot of faults, and we will see where he takes this team in the coming weeks, months, years as his father um, sort of exits the process at some point. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to fault Jonathan Kraft for being angry that the head coach was disrespecting his father. He, I, he actually went up a couple levels in my book defending his dad to the end. Like, if you want to create – because there's some people that think Jonathan would, like, turn on Robert just for power. Like, oh, if he could squeak. No, he's loyal to his dad. I know one thing that I that I truly believe about Jonathan Kraft for better or worse. I believe he's loyal to his dad and to the Kraft name and the Kraft family. And so while I understand people are looking for somebody to blame, I guess, in this process and like, mm-hmm. oh, love Robert. He's the patriarch of Patriot Nation. And it's not Bill's fault because he gave us all those titles. It can't be him. Well, I guess, Jonathan, you're going to have to be the fall guy for this little uh, affair here. I. I'm not ready to go down that road just yet. There's a long time for us to acquire information in that area to see how that plays out.
1: Now we know one thing that the Kraft family and the organization seems to be very concerned with maintaining a positive nature to would be optics. They, they, <clears throat> Mr. Kraft does not ever want to be seen as the bad guy. He does not oh. want to be the fall guy. He wants to be beloved. I think in a lot of ways. The Brady fallout and everything that came came with that organizationally and personally has hurt him to this day, and I think he's still kind of trying to tread emotional water and make up for that, which is why he wanted to go through the show and program he did last week. Here's me and Bill. I'm not going to hug him or kiss him because he has a cold, but here we are shaking hands and smiling as we bid each other farewell after 24 years working together cooperatively in the greatest football dynasty ever. That's great. But I did hear this question posed over the weekend. I'm not sure if it was either on a football pod or our airwaves. But do you think possibly that with the moves that have been made and the way things are getting shaped up now, that the craft organization, the craft family, and all their closest lieges that are still working hand in hand with them, do they think like they they don't think they're responsible for all the success, right? they 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 know that this is really, Like they hire good people, which is great. And that's the that's one of the great signs of a good leader is to hire the right people to do a good job. That's why Gerard Mayo is now interviewing candidates and hopefully will establish clear lines of coordinators all over. The crafts don't think they're the ones that are ultimately responsible for all this success, do they? I don't think the crafts do. I think there
2: are people in that building that believe they are more responsible for some of the successes over the last quarter of a century than they really are.
1: I would we'll co-sign that. on that. I would, but let's just leave it at that. Exactly. I would co-sign with that as well. And again, it makes it weird. Hopefully again, some, some front runners for different positions will establish themselves. Hopefully we'll soon have clearer delineation of job responsibilities and we'll know who's doing what, uh, again, still two months till free agency, but there's bowls to scout. There are, there are play, there are workouts and combines and oh, yeah. so coming much- fast and furious. Um, let me ask
2: you before we move on transition a little bit here. Do who do you want running the Patriots offense next year, Bill O'Brien, Josh McDaniels, or totally new person?
1: Other, you want other, okay? I want other because just... it
2: does sound like either or both of those guys could be in consideration. There was one day there where the McDaniels rumor was like hot and furious. I think mm-hmm. crap Sheet has it. Mm-hmm. Then Greer reported that O'Brien is still in the mix and he could be there. Um, but I, I think without doing a poll, maybe I'll do mm-hmm. a poll at some point, but um. I think Patriot Nation agrees with you. I think most of Patriot Nation is all, they want to read one of these names that Gerard Mayo is interviewing to be a Shane Waldron, a young, up-and-coming mm-hmm. offensive mind who may or may not have ties to Shanahan or McVay or the things that are kind of working in the NFL right now.
1: I just I don't even need to see a replication of Ben Johnson's offense or Kyle Shanahan's offense. I just want to, I, I don't know what it is like whatever works works and that's all ultimately all we want but i think we've all seen the same thing for so long now that it just sort of feels like it just sort of you know what it does you're you're the one who always like will first bust out singing like glory days like i it feels like we're still trying to hold on to pieces and remnants and vestiges of yesterday while trying to turn to a, a new tomorrow in order to get here and like have the future be different and Unique and let it be itself. You can't keep trying to live in the past. Who you we have to let it go. Who we.
2: When you say we, you mean we, me, we, you, we fans, you people that Foxborough faithful, or do we, we, it up the uh, depth chart a little higher to we people inside the organization. I think we, we, it up a little bit. Me too. And I think yeah. that's, a, and I understand it as someone who hates change mm-hmm. and who's like, well, I mean, from Massachusetts, working. we don't like, do
1: change very well no, in Massachusetts. No, I get it.
2: I totally get that. And I probably would struggle if in position, if I had been lucky enough to be a, you know, as they say, a craft sperm and made it to that level and that whole thing, I think it would be um, a really tough decision. Like, do we sever ties with everything and anything that's connected to the Belichick era or do we try to piecemeal something together? That's the next great era of the Patriot way with Gerard Mayo as the bridge because he was there and now he's here you know, that's a that's a tough decision. But I would also caution people look to Philadelphia where new offense, young offense shows doesn't always work. So they have transitioned from Shane Steichen under Nick Siriani to Brian Johnson. I believe his name is mm-hmm. the current offensive coordinator. Lead singer of ACDC. in the I don't get it. He's in the crosshairs for everybody because that offense has fallen apart to the point where. Jalen Hurts is mad at AJ Brown is mad at you know Dallas Goddard they're all He's like yelling at, at Jalen like Hurts
1: I mean every I bl- personally I blame Big Dom because they were one in six ever since ba- now one uh, uh, ever since Big Dom got in the argument on the sideline and got tossed or you but, could blame Patricia or you could blame Sirianni or you could well, blame you can't a million really blame people. Patricia for the offense and the offense has not been as good this year oh it's been in, brutal it looks so oh, predictable and it's very slow moving and it's plodding so it's and the last pitch-
2: year even though it has yeah. a young up-and-coming coach. It's still mm-hmm. the Patriots. So offense can go poorly
1: even if you have a young up-and-coming coach. Hey, and A.J. Brown, he didn't get to play in that absolute decimation of the Eagles by Baker Mayfield and the Buccaneers on Monday night. He has deleted all of his Instagram references and social media mentions of New England. the Eagles. Come on, Come on, back where you were meant to be in the first place. Why not? Slide charm. You were supposed to
2: be here in the draft. You didn't. You went to Tennessee. You should have come here for your trade. You didn't. You went to Philly. Third time is a charm. Get your ass to Fox, bro. Because if I can go, AJ Brown, Jaden Daniels, uh, ooh, I'm uh, willing. Oh, give me my old face. Show uh, you my old face on a Tuesday morning. <laughs> That'll
1: solve your number one receiver issues. ASA, MFP. Couple last things here in the first leg before we get to uh, the back end of the pod here, Andrew. Um, so I heard that they never, so Vrabel was never communicated with, contacted, interviewed at all. They just went straight to the Mayo clause. So yeah. as much as we all thought Isn't like the that sequel was gonna... to the
2: sequel, to the sequel, to the Santa Claus, it's the Mayo Clause. Exactly. He's the football uh,
1: Santa in Foxborough now. Uh, so Mayo. Uh, so it was always Mayo. And uh, that was, as we say, oftentimes here, it was fait de complet. It was contractually obligated. There was no verbal contact. And that was that. So whatever, whoever had that pipe dream, sorry, it was never even realized or fantasized about in Foxborough.
2: Also, you think there was a buyout, by the way? I saw somebody when I was on the radio yesterday, somebody posed the idea. They had actually speculated, rumored, whatever you want to call it. I'm not going to pull a Ben Volan and use like a a texter as a source, but wondering, could that you know how in a lot of sports, especially Mm -hmm. baseball, it's common, they have these options. And sometimes if you don't pick it up, if you decide to move on, you got to pay five million dollars, you know, Mm -hmm. to walk away from the contract. My guess is there was probably something like that. If this was a binding contract where he gets elevated or, well, the or part is probably you owe him 5 million bucks to buy him out. to let him Oh, there
1: out. would have been a Mayo buyout if they didn't. No, I think they, I don't think, I think it's a, they put themselves into such a precarious situation because it would have looked terrible. Like, all right. So you went through the trouble of letting everyone know you didn't want to let this guy leave the building. And then, you made it seem clear that he was your succession plan, and then the second another head coach like became available, you just discarded this guy. Like you, you got, got engaged, a to- and a hot blonde walked by, and you're like, "Hey, uh, can I have that ring back?" <laughs> yeah. Yeah, really, like he, like this progress, like again, like the youngest coach, a minority coach, like all these, all these boxes and great looks for the crafts would have completely come undone in a moment's notice. It was like, oh, just a, a buddy from your old, uh, yeah. oh, a glory days buddy from the first part of the dynasty, is a available. Like, white guy with ties to the dynasty. <laughs> Correct, exactly. It Would have looked terrible. So I think in a lot of ways they they tied their own hands and look. This is not to denigrate or even squash whatever potential Gerard Mayo may have. He could be amazing, like I said. We'll put we'll put that D'Amico Ryans or something resembling that comp out there, but he'll still be his own man. He's obviously a great speaker. Can't wait to hear in a little over 24 hours from him as well. Last thing, Andy, mm-hmm. when all the draft hubbub came out of, of recent years and how Bill was not as collaborative as people wanted and disagreements on personnel, again, which is what leads me to sort of summarize everything as – they wanted to get rid of Bill, the GM, so badly. They also got rid of Bill, the coach. And that's the only way that they could possibly pull this off. The whole, like, he didn't want Mac Jones. It makes you finally validates the sort of idea that it was more of an organizational pick, not a Belichick pick. Hence that video, like, are you okay with this? Are you okay with this? Are you okay with this? He wanted to wait around for Davis Mills. Right. Which you'd still be in the same spot. you I mean, nothing would be different. Everything no. it could, it could actually be worse, but.
2: Well, yeah, because you may not have made the playoffs as a rookie. Because I don't think Davis Mills is as talented or whatever as Mac is now. But well, we've gone through it. Mac's broken, so what he is now is not what his upside is or was when he was drafted. Mm-hmm. I still don't know what to make. I still believe Bill Belichick made the pick. I think Robert made it clear he wanted a quarterback, and then Bill made the pick. Yeah. Um fine. I'll and take Mac.
1: Nick Saban told me he's good. Fine, whatever. Right.
2: Like I, I don't think he was doing cartwheels and like whatever, but. I also don't think his hands were tied and he made the pick because somebody else made him make it. He kind of went along to get along and said, really, what's the difference? I need a quarterback. Do I wait around? Because I know there's some people that are like, he would have taken Barmore at 15 and then Davis Mills Mm -hmm. in the third. Well, so you'd still be in the same spot. Barmore is a good player. You ended up getting lucky and getting Barmore. So in actuality, maybe they were right. You got Barmore later and you got a better quarterback uh, option. Yeah, yeah. So maybe... Whoever made the decision actually probably made the best decision, even though it didn't work out because then things happen with the quarterback, blah, blah,
1: blah. For, always interesting with these second-round defensive guys that Belichick would have liked to have taken first. Like, he would have taken Barmore first overall in the middle of the first round. As he's proven, he had first-round talent and then some. As he's now really elevated, his game and become a star on the past defensive line. Priority resign, please, Gerard Mayo and whoever else is in charge, please and thank you. Well,
2: there's a lot of names to include there. Yeah, it's yeah. not just whoever else, you, know, you got to match. Yeah, exactly. I know. Gerard like,
1: Mayo at yeah. all, I should say, excuse me. Brian Smith. Um, uh, but what about like last year? He would have taken Keon White if Christian Gonzalez wasn't there, like It's terrible. Like, terrible. Yes, terrible. Like again I like Keon White, but I mean, sure.
2: what are he doing here?
1: Yeah, I mean, again, the, again, this is why it all got to be where it is and why these things happen. So, uh, the and names for you guys to keep on the radar, nothing is certain, but the Patriots have begun some coordinator interviews as well. They spoke to Panthers linebackers coach, Tem Lakabu, who has been in the league for a couple of years as well. I know you're probably thinking to yourself, yes, the one unit last year that was the most underrated in the NFL was the the Panthers linebackers. I'm fired up. Seems like a bright young mind as well, well well-regarded. If he's the first guy Mayo spoke with, I have to think, I got to trust my new coach, that obviously he sees something in him that merits an interview. And they're looking to... Just real quick, former... Defensive coordinator at Boston College, so oh, that's right, local guy. So the the relationship, relationship ties could have been to Massachusetts football. We like that as well. And they have spoken with Falcons special teams coach Marquise Williams about mm-hmm. the vacancy at special teams. I don't care if they hire you, if they uh, whoever they hire, uh, it's if it's not Cam Accord and Joe Judge, fine by me. We are already making progress. The Falcons, by the way. Had mid-tier special teams a couple seasons uh, in 2022. They were the fifth-ranked special teams unit overall. So good, bad, okay, fine. Also not Cam Accord and Joe Judge. So we'll see where those things go. We'll keep you abreast uh, on the airwaves, whether we're on the Rich Keefe Show, the weekends, the Six Rings Pod, beyond our Twitter feeds, at JumboHeart, at Fitzy Gfy with the latest rumblings moves, action, and more. And don't forget to also follow our pal and contributor to the pod, the beat writer for WEI at Mike Cadillac for the latest and greatest of everything going on in the wide world of Pat's nation. All right, Andy, let's get into other things going on in the Patriots and in the NFL. Like, so weird to say it this way, our former head coach with the New England Patriots, Bill Belichick, who has already had his first interview for a head coaching vacancy it was confirmed Monday night. Ooh, make all your jokes. make Let all the memes hang fly. Even uh, as the Dallas Cowboys crapped the bed once again uh, as heavy favorites in the postseason, and the memes were flying fast and furious about Bill Belichick going to the Dallas Cowboys. Mike McCarthy, as of recording, is still the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. We'll see what shakes out there. But the Atlanta Falcons do have a head coaching vacancy, and that was, in fact, Bill Belichick's first interview for a head coach job in 2024 in the NFL. How many of these do you think he ends up taking overall? Three. Okay. Just three. three. All right. No, actually,
2: I like it. Um, Because I don't think he's going to go to every open job or jobs that may become open. um, But I I still think the Dallas one, I, I don't know how Jerry Jones doesn't at least consider that. And I heard... Steve Mariucci on the uh, pregame show on NFL Network yesterday talking about how would this even go down? Do you almost have to know that Belichick would take the job before you fire McCarthy? Because you are. Whatever we think of McCarthy, he's what, three straight 12-win seasons? Like, if you don't get – if you fire McCarthy and then Bill goes, oh, yeah, no, I'm not interested. I'm going to Atlanta. I've been going to Atlanta all long. I've been talking a blank for months now. Now, are you Dallas? Are you scrambling to get in on the Jim Harbaugh pursuit? Or Mm -hmm. are you just going to now go young? Like, like, that would be, I don't know.
1: Wow. Harbaugh in Dallas would be very, can you imagine? I mean, so on Monday on insert name of shouting person show here, uh, that may be the name. I don't even know what the name of it is. Um, Shannon Sharp called Bill Belichick and Jerry Jones, possibly uniting in Dallas as a match made in hell. For who? Just in general. No, I actually have match made in heaven. I think
2: they could, you know what it is? It's a visit to a strip club.
1: All right. I'll, I'll, we'll allow it. Go on. You're going to take the, you're going to take the no, cheese. I'm going to take the cheese on that one. Go ahead. So, I'm a podcast, remember.
2: Strip clubs are the best places because they are a full business relationship where 99% of the people know exactly what's going on. The dancers, the men, you got that one weird guy all of a sudden, every once in a while, that thinks that the stripper actually is in love with him. But, mm-hmm. Most people know what they're there for. I'm going to spend a bunch of money that I'll regret later. I'm going to see some things I like to see. I'm going to pay overpriced beers and I'm going to go home happy. Like I'm it's entertainment dollars. Every, the, the, the dancers get their money. They make really good money. Way more than they'd make, you know, flipping burgers at McDonald's. We're all happy. It's a great, wait a second. I'm just, I threw it out there. Um, so it's a great business relationship. I think this would be a trip to a strip club for Bill Belichick. Like, He has certain needs right now in his professional life. He needs a roster that can win a Super Bowl. He needs a quarterback. He needs to win 15 games. He wants slash needs to win a Super Bowl without Tom Brady and to stick it to Brady and Kraft and the whole thing. Oh my God, the Cowboys need a coach to show them how to win. They have all this talent. They have great players on defense. They just need to get over the top. They need to get somebody to make them believe there is nobody on the planet other than maybe Tom Brady. There's nobody on the planet. That can make a team, a locker room, an organization, a fan base believe that they can now win, that they're no longer. Because you know, yesterday, everybody had in the back of their mind, whether you had a star on the side of your helmet, a star on your jacket, or you were just a casual fan, everybody had the back of their mind, will the Cowboys gag again? Are the Cowboys going to choke again? There's no
1: way that they're a seven and a half point favorite. There's no way they could possibly lose this game to Green Bay. Not only did they lose, they They were shot. They had their asses handed to them. That opening drive alone was jaw-startling, jaw-dropping. Because they were and- ready
2: to lose. They had put it out there emotionally into the
1: atmosphere. And that means Mike McCarthy, no matter how brilliant a play caller, no matter how good Ooh, a QB he whisperer. He's a boob. Well, I I mean, mean, he's the guy he- who lied to get his job, so that's what he is. But
2: the flip side of that is Bill Belichick, where he brings instant believability, credibility. Bill always finds a way to win. Bill always puts his teams in the best position to so win. walk
1: right? in. Just, here's the resume. Just I, whatever, everything that's happened before. It's You're perfect. all a bunch of it's talented perfect. grown and men. Don't give me Jerry
2: Jones wouldn't give up power. He did for Parcells. Don't give me they couldn't get along. From what I hear, they're like kissing cousins. They've been buddies for a long time. They have this great relationship. It's Jimmy Jones, Jones and Kraft is. that have the rivalry. Right. Jimmy Johnson could be the intermediary. Now, Jimmy Johnson's in the ring of honor. He's kind of back in that world. They, they've mm-hmm. broken the 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 Cold War that was going on between them. I I, I don't think there's one argument against Bill Belichick going to the
1: Cowboys. Not no, a it makes argument. the most sense. However, let's say Philadelphia wakes up today on the day where Jason Kelsey, the great Jason Kelsey, Super Bowl champion, uh, owner of one of the best post uh, – Super Bowl parade speeches and Super Bowl parade outfits as well. Great show on Amazon, the pod with his brother and more. Now he can just focus on being a really cool brother in law to Taylor Swift. He announced his retirement following uh, the Eagles' absolute demolitioning at the hands of the Buccaneers on Monday night. Let's say Philadelphia, Howie Roseman, Jeffrey Laurie, all sometime today, they're just like, you know what? I don't care if Nick Sirianni took us to the postseason three years in a row, I don't care if we lost two really good coordinators. And we have so many other fingers to point in terms of who's to blame for this and why did things go south right into the old crapper for the Eagles this season at once 10 and one. Everybody saying, like, Eagles Niners, we'll see you in January. Hopefully this time Purdy stays healthy. This is one of the all time slip and falls I've ever seen. What if they say, you know what? Sorry, Sirianni, you just don't have enough. We're gonna go with Belichick. What if they what if the Eagles get rid of Sirianni? I could see Vrabel going there because he has the no nonsense attitude and everything Mm -hmm. else we thought would have worked in New England. So if they decide to without even knowing Belichick would say yes to an interview, do you think the Eagles may just say, like, yeah, sorry, Nick. Great work, but it's not gonna, it's we're gonna it's a no from us, dog. Yeah, I
2: hope not. I hate that precedent. A guy that went to the Super Bowl and then started the next year 10 and one, losing his job. I really don't care what happened, that they gagged, they fell apart. Uh, barring a scandal, a crime, you know, as I said on our weekend show, an issue with his secretary and some monkeys that made video footage on the Internet. All right. It, so
1: in the last five minutes, we've gone strip club secretary with monkeys. Yeah. Um,
2: I, I hate the idea of that happening, even if I think he's a it's ding. a bad precedent. Yeah. Yeah. Right. it's a terrible precedent. I also think everything's bigger in Dallas. There's a bigger stage for Bill to win on. I think you can argue there's a better talent mm-hmm. in Dallas because you mentioned it. Jason mm-hmm. Kelsey's out. He's the centerpiece mm-hmm. of that line. Um Fletcher Cox, question mark. Brandon Graham, question mark. They, there's some questions about their talent moving forward. Now, they have right. plenty of depth. Don't get me wrong. The defensive line is still loaded um, with Carter and Davis and all those guys. Yep. Um, I just think if if he if there's some theater in Bill's mind sticking it to craft, America's team, like there is no bigger platform. Than putting a star on your chest or a star on the—I'm sorry, Patriots fans and Steelers fans and Raiders fans can be like, "Hey, we're awesome too." You are. You're awesome. You have great fan bases, great histories. That's all mm-hmm. true. The Cowboys are the biggest team in football, and if you go win the Super Bowl in Dallas, that's different. And and I also have seen people Lombardi might have thrown this out there. Bill Bel- Bill Parcells couldn't win in Dallas. That's another oh. little little booby boober. I threw that one out there. there. You want to call it. So
1: I I just think Dallas is the perfect choice. Uh, Can I tell you where I, where I believe Bill Belichick, if he had his druthers, if he had his choice, if like actual openings, potential openings, and maybe he'll take a couple more interviews this week and then hang around a little while longer. The place I believe Bill Belichick would most want to go. Knowing his nature, knowing how spiteful, knowing that he's got one of those memories. I think if there were to be an opening in Buffalo, that's where he would most want to go.
2: I would include Buffalo in there, and I think that would make them dangerous, and the twice-a-year Patriots thing is part of that. That would
1: be un-effing belief. I'll admit I was openly, not just because I have a good buddy who's a Steelers fan. I have friends that are Bills fans, too. I feel sad for them. I was openly rooting for the Steelers, mostly just because there's a perverse part of me that would love to see Steve stay with the Patriots, and have it be Steve and Brian Belichick and Mayo and the Crafts against Bill Belichick and Josh Allen. The I mean, the Buffalo Bill Belichicks, get out of here. Well, that I, I, be, that's what I've been saying the all the theater,
2: while. Like, our team has named the Bills. Why don't we bring in Bill Belichick? It's so obvious. He's the Just greatest like, Bill of all time. Um, oh my, yeah. And you could announce him as that, announcing the greatest Bill of all time, joining our Buffalo Mafia.
1: It's Bill Belichick. And then Belichick at his presser, like, Takes a quick shot of fireball, then jumps on the table. Yes. And like, yeah. We can dream. We can have fun. And oh, oh also, now, if you're 15 hearts, saying the old Belichick goes to the Bills and beats the Patriots. Hey, uh, uh, hear what you want, listeners. And thanks again for tuning in. We appreciate each and every yeah, one I'll of you. Tell that. a friend. Yeah. You're the one who says you people all the time. Um, no, we're not openly rooting against the Patriots. No, it's just. This is supposed to be fun. This got very unfun the last couple of years. Yes. And would it be fun to watch the Patriots lose to the Bills again and again? No. But the drama that would lead up. I mean, do, does everyone remember all the 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 feels they got up in and how emotional it was with Brady coming back in the Bucks in 2021? Like that whole week, every one of us was just an absolute nightmare, a disaster. But it was also great because it was such a unique once in a lifetime moment. I would also sort of celebrate that. I don't think Buffalo is going to get rid of McDermott at this point. Unless, of course, the Chiefs come in and kick their ass. No, now that I they beat the Steelers, know. they won't lose him.
2: Yeah, I still don't think. I think that. And not only the game and the the victory, but you got a good Josh Allen game where he didn't turn the ball over. He's making plays with his legs. The only thing people can complain about is when he flops. But show me eh. a quarterback who doesn't
1: flop, and I'll show you a guy who's not actually so, Who's not a quarterback. a quarterback, exactly. They all do it. And you I hate ruling, it. by the way, Hart from uh, from the Hardo Oh, heart. Uh, let's have a Hardo Oh, heart moment here. Did you believe on Josh Allen's 52 yard touchdown run? He almost made it look like he was going into a slide, which caused those three Steelers defenders to pull Not up. Because really. Not really. I, I kind of felt like he did. Like he was I so saw far it far away. It was like a s- five
2: to seven. Yards look what away. happens.
1: Then he slides later. Somebody barely touches his shoulder pad. Yeah. Laundry.
2: <laughs> oh, I've hated it forever. Go back to the famed. Tom Brady beats Brian Urlacher run. I think Brian Urlacher was afraid to hit Tom Brady. I think that was a part of that. I think that mentality. you heard
1: around the world?
2: Yeah. I think that relates to these rules where you're not allowed to touch quarterbacks and if they slide and the whole thing. I I don't know what to do with the quarterback running rule uh, because it's it's very – like there was one – there was a penalty in the Tampa – oh, Tampa-Philly game – There was a penalty for helmet-to-helmet hit, Levante David on Jalen Hurts, even though Hurts wasn't sliding. It was at the end of a run, and I'm like, that's because he's a quarterback. If his name is uh, Swift, if that's just a Swift run, and David hits it, Levante David hits him the same way. No flag would have been thrown. Like the weirdness of quarterbacks and like you're allowed to touch them, you're not allowed to touch them. When can you touch them? Where can you touch them? Mm -hmm. No, no squares and all of that. Like I I hate it, but. On that play, I think it was more of a he saw a mass of bodies. He started to slow down like, oh, my, you know, I've gotten enough here. And then he was like, well, I might as well just keep going. There's actually an opening there that I can take. As Just sort of thinking
1: of the mind of the defenders, though, there as well, Andy. And I'll point to a couple other things over the weekend. Uh, There was Matt Stafford getting knocked down, stepped on like concussed, whatever, and there was no penalty thrown there. Sometimes yeah, I mean, a ref decides, like, I'm going to ride the moment and let him play. It's big boy style. And I kind of appreciate that. But then at the same time, you see all the hand wringing and the pearl clutching on the social medias and it can't be like this thing. He's got a family too. All right. Playoff football is ways. fascinating. It is and fascinating. And then Mahomes, his helmet gets cracked in half and there's no... Pa- I mean, like, pick a lane. Just and, please be consistent, for God's sakes. Well, the, the beauty
2: of quarterbacks they want on the field no matter what oh I didn't see Stafford roll his eyes in the back of his head I, I, I must have missed that what was I watching or Mahomes no I didn't see his helmet shatter and a big chunk come out and and you let him play for two plays then you let him switch helmets without a timeout without having to switch quarterbacks without doing anything I- and then the putting away of the flags like they're not calling pi almost at all even though right. guys are hitting people early grabbing people like they're letting Tyreek
1: Hill and Tyree Lajarius Sneed and I, I this reminds me of like early 21st century patriots football uh you know are basically in a ufc match minus the cage over there on every play and tyreek hill even said like you know hey man my guy cuz they used to be teammates he's like i got shoved right back out of the playoffs like that's how it goes like that's but why I love- I d-
2: Like, you have to, the old Belichick, like, let the game declare, find out how business is being done. Like, early in these playoff games, you've had to kind of figure out what's being allowed, what can I do as, oh, as a defender, I can hit the guy a second early, and you're never going to call it?
1: That's my whole, exactly, Andy, that's my whole thing. In any social engagement, game action, business Family relations, whatever. I just like to know the rules of engagement. Just let me know how we're gonna how business is gonna get done. Like Belichick said, and then we can figure. We all should be smart enough to figure out how to go about it from there. And as a quarterback, if you want somebody to look out for your
2: own well being, you should probably have like your wife or your parents on line one because the independent spotter is working for the league and they know they want the quarterbacks on the field in the playoffs. They're not going to take you out of the game. Uh, right. A side note: I'm not sure if you saw the video making the rounds on social media from our friends. Danny Amendola and Julian Edelman joking about this very topic and how they used to handle it and Mm -hmm. knowing they were going to take headshots, knowing they were going to be concussed and admitting that they would grab, try to grab each other first when they saw a headshot, Mm -hmm. tell each other another body part to grab. They would just yell in your ear, like grab your knee, grab your knee, grab your knee to try to take attention away from the fact that it could be a concussion. They would also tell each other the, the month the day, the score, and the opponent. Like, they would yell. He, Like, Amendola joked, I would yell, it's the second week of November, it's 2.30 in the afternoon, and we're up by 7 over Philly. And Edelman would, when he goes to the sideline, the, the guy doing the concussion test would be like, get right. out of my What's face, that? it's November, it's 2.30, and we're up by 7, I'm fine. Even though he knew he wasn't the fine. Edelman was
1: wrong, and he was so not good. That's how an Edelman stays in Super Bowl forty nine after getting, you know, cl- And like- that's
2: why he... Closes one eye now and looks like Popeye the Sailor Man sometimes because <laughs> there's some stuff going on that isn't right.
1: <laughs> We're not supposed to be laughing, but also, but and it's you, amazing, like these are choices. Now, see, this is them. Yeah. Oh, I heard Fitzie and Hart not ma- making light of concussions. All right, stop. If he's okay it, with it and he signs off on it, it's I'm their, their decision, right? It's Wait. their decision, not ours. No, and and they're
2: okay with it. And he joked about, yeah, that happened, and then I played seven more years in the whole thing, like, yeah. but and, and I, again. If you're a true football fan, you need to embrace the fact that this is a barbaric, archaic sport that Mm -hmm. probably should not be played by a developed, supposedly advanced society.
1: Mm. Agreed, which is why we love it so much, but you may want to watch the Pro Bowl games because when Peyton coaches against Eli in the flag football Pro Bowl game, that is likely the future of the sport that you love so much where 93 out of 100 TV events last year that were top rated were... The NFL, including 23 million people watching on Peacock Saturday night, Andy, despite all of your harumping and 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 they weren't the only one as well, too. So Well, it's terrible. And I, I
2: do appreciate yeah. the NFL's um, audacity, I guess, to say and brag and be proud of the fact for the first time ever, exclusively streaming on peak like they're screwing you. They're absolutely screwing you. And they're proud to announce loudly and often that they're screwing you. They don't even try to hide it. There is something special about that kind of screw job.
1: It's 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 actually pretty impressive. I will dare say Um, it really is like that. They would do it the way that they did and make the money and just not even be not even be not even be like subtle at all. in the fact that they're like, oh, we know cigarettes are terrible for you. And now we're going to charge you more and make you have to go to places that say we sell cigarettes here. To get to so that there's a stigma attached to it and people will still keep going. All right. Last thing real quick is we got to wrap up shop here, pal. Um, Caleb Williams has declared for the draft. Will he be the number one overall pick in any chance in the world? Gerard Mayo and the 19 different people that will make up your star of stars, your GM of GMs uh, would be interested. My me say no. Oh, I think they would be interested. I think
2: he's the most talented option. Um, sure. I think some of the uh, stuff is probably overblown, and it's become a thing that mm-hmm. people are now perpetuating on the internet. Now, it hasn't been great. I do think somebody needs to do a better job overseeing his marketing and his socials. Like that picture two weeks ago in the all you know glass windowed penthouse view of L.A. Like, no, don't be a diva quarterback. Don't be a dumbass. I, I continue to. The, the videos I'd be putting out if I were on his social team would be like those Mohamed Sanu videos from a couple of years ago, running up hills with no shirt on and running backwards and sweating it up and flipping over tires and hitting a sledgehammer on a tie. Like you should look like Rocky preparing for the, uh, the match in Russia. That's what you should be looking like right now and selling people that you're this like man of the people, hardworking guy that's ready right. to change the franchise. Um, but I do, so if think- you want
1: the Patriots to take you, then all you got to do is just get your cousin, put him on a sled, put a leather jacket and a yeah. beanie cap on, tow him up the hill, then yell Drago. When you get there, you it's know? the Russians,
0: then-
2: right? Ditch the guys following you. So you have your own <laughs> social <laughs> team cover it. Not them. Um, yeah, exactly. I could do that. but we are go, all starting- the roads
1: back to Rocky for good job.
2: Absolutely. We're all starting silly season. I love it. I know some people were like, is he really going to go back? Cause it didn't get announced until the final day. Um, those could come out. Yeah, and we're already starting the uh smoke screens, the old like Dan Marino takes cocaine. We want him to fall to 13 or wherever the hell he fell to because I don't know if you saw this but um Rick Spielman, former GM who's actually consulting for the Redskins, uh, excuse me, the Commanders now, said he would have taken Caleb Williams over Peyton Manning. He's a better prospect than Peyton Manning, which I don't think he believes I think he is playing the game of I work for Washington and I'm trying to manipulate the public sentiment on a guy for the guy we probably want. Whatever. Right. Um, But we're going to get in fun because the the question's already there. What do you do at three? Do you take the quarterback that's at three? No matter what his name is. Do you trade it if you don't really like I I don't Daniel? think they
1: do it. I don't think they do it. I know we had um, it's on the six rings feed. If you guys get a chance, you want to go back on Monday. The midday show was Brad Foe and Mike Cadillac. And they had Lance Zerline from NFL.com on Andy. And Zerline said he, you know, and he knows his person. He knows his player personnel. He knows his NFL draft and beyond. He said he thinks that the Patriots can, would, and should trade back in the upcoming draft, which, is, which would cause an absolute revolt to be like, but we just got rid of the guy that used to do that all the time. Why the hell would we do that all over again? They have a million needs, and I don't think they love these quarterbacks the way a lot of us want them to love these quarterbacks. I think if there's anyone that they take, it would be Daniels. But look, we got, like you said, it is silly season. We love have it. months now to debate, discuss, and deliberate. Um, and please stay tuned here. We will have draft specials. We'll have big shows, draft night party, and so much. And of course, for all the latest news reactions and more stay tuned. It's at Mike Cadlick, our guy on the beat at jumbo heart and at Fitzy GFY here on the at six rings pod tomorrow. Mayo declares himself the new HC of the NEP. He'll have an introductory press conference at high noon Hart and Cadillac will react immediately afterwards, so you're not going to want to miss that pod as well. Andy and I will be back on Thursday with the latest news and more, plus our divisional round preview and everything else you need to stay atop the game in the wide world of Patriots football and more. Yes, last thought, sir.
2: Just real quick, as dumb as it is, it is a big day for Gerard Mayo at Gillette Stadium on Wednesday. It sets the tone for his leadership era. We've all seen it, whether it was Nick Sirianni and he was really – um, sort of weird and kept Awkward. saying, We're gonna be smart, and we got smart people, whether it's Adam Gase chasing tacos with those weird eyes, whether it's Dane Campbell <laughs> biting kneecaps. Joe Judge had one that was really uh-huh. bad in New York, yep. his was really weird. So it doesn't mean anything, really, tangibly, mm. but you're setting the tone for the Gerard Mayo era. So a very big day for Gerard Mayo. Have your message ready, on point, clear, concise and give the fans something that gives them reason to believe that we've turned the corner and we're going in the right direction.
1: We just need a little hope. That's all we need. And above all, you know what people in New England love authenticity. We just want Mm. you to be you. You do you, you be you, and then hopefully you can marshal the people to follow you and greatness or at least wins or relevance will soon follow. I, for one, am putting my faith in him as well, and I think he's actually going to have an impressive presser. But we'll see how that goes. And, of course, you can listen here for all the reactions, news, analyses, and more afterward. All right. For Terp, the producer. For Cadlick who chips in. For Jumbo Hart, your old pal Nick Fitzy Stevens here saying thanks very much for listening to the latest edition of Six Rings and Football Things brought to you by WEI, Odyssey, and 2400 Sports. Until the next episode, and as always, folks, thanks for listening to the show. Good day, God bless, and go Pats.